Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Once you're told that something is, you know, not great, it's, it's hard to keep experimenting. Um, but you've got to keep that spirit alive. You've got to stay in love with the thing that you're making. Yeah, well, try staying in love with your story after 20 soul-crushing drafts. Kelsey Padgett is a Peabody Award-winning producer at Radiolab and a producer on the spin-off show More Perfect. So she knows a thing or two about achieving greatness in podcasting. But listen, getting to greatness requires some failing. And some failing. And a lot more failing, the way that Kelsey puts it. I'm Shamita Basu, and this is Work It, the podcast, a compilation of the best moments from the live event. And now here's Kelsey again, taking us through one moment of a more perfect episode from conception to reality. Hello, hello. Um, oh, I've got music. The Honorable, the Chief Justice, <laughs> and the Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of the United States. All right. So I'm Kelsey Padgett, and I am a producer at More Perfect and at Radiolab. Uh, More Perfect is this spin-off mini-series we're doing about the Supreme Court. Um, we've got two episodes live and another one coming out really soon. So if you haven't heard it, uh, you know, check it out, subscribe, all that. Um, so today I'm going to go through the steps that it takes to make a More Perfect episode. Um, and that's what we're calling this anatomy of an episode. <laughs> There are like a million steps, so this is super simplified, um, but I think the basic things I touch on today will hopefully be universal to everybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of basic stuff I'll go through that maybe a lot of people know about, but like a good reminder is always, uh, is always good. Um, great. Uh, so it can be boiled down to this. Have an idea of how great your story can sound. Fail at making it great. Fix it. Fail. Fix it. Fail. Fix it. Fail. Fix it. Fail. And then repeat, I mean, obviously repeat, until you approach greatness, which is why I've given this chat the alternate name of Fail Flail. (laughs) Fail Flail, all right. Um, Great, so I said we're going to go through the process, show you what it's like. Um, This is actually going to be a sneak peek because this episode is not done yet. Um, We're not even finished making it. (laughs) By the end of this, there's probably going to be like 20 drafts. uh, So I'm not going to play you 20 drafts. I'm going to play you little bits from about six of our drafts. Okay, but in order to understand this story, I got to tell you the whole setup. I got to tell you a story about the Supreme Court. Okay, so this piece is about Marbury versus Madison, and it's the story of the first time the Supreme Court struck down a law as unconstitutional. Um, We decided we want to tell this story because, you know, calling things unconstitutional is so key to what the Supreme Court does today. Um, And I found this surprising that that power is not actually in the Constitution. Nowhere does it say, like, the Supreme Court gets to decide what the law is. They actually kind of gave themselves that power, and, and that's what this, is, uh, this case is all about. Anyway, so it's kind of complicated. It's got a lot of characters, so I've got some visual aids. Just to set you up, we're in 1803. 1803 music, yeah, yeah, all right. This is, <laughs> this is right after the third election ever. Thomas Jefferson, that guy, you know, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. So Thomas Jefferson has just won the presidency over the the incumbent John Adams. Um, 
And before Adams leaves office, he's, you know, he's a lame duck. He's like, what am I going to do? I got to keep some of this power. So he starts appointing all these judges from his own political party. He's packing the judiciary with supporters. And he's doing this so last minute that he's signing all of these documents um, on his last night in office. These are just documents. Um, <laughs> but he runs out of time. And, and uh, those little documents get left on the table. And so a couple days later, when uh, Jefferson shows up, he's like, no way, I'm not going to deliver these. I don't want any judges from the other political party. So he sees them, and he just throws them out the window. Or something. Historically, we're not sure what actually happened to the papers, but whatever. Um, so one of the judges who didn't get his paper, William Marbury, he comes in and he sues Jefferson, because he was supposed to become a judge, but he never got his paper. Um, and the case is called Marbury v. Madison. Marbury takes his case directly to the Supreme Court. So, here we are, Supreme Court. This is like a very weak institution at this point. We're so close to the founding. It's not really been decided what they do. And there's a new Chief Justice, John Marshall. John Marshall. There you go. (laughs) And um, his whole thing is like giving legitimacy to the court. Um, So... This case poses a big problem for him. He was appointed by Adams, so, you know, politically, he's on Marbury's side. But what is he going to do in this situation? I mean, the court, like I said, is super tiny and weak. He knows that if he orders Jefferson to give the paper over to Marbury and make him a judge, Jefferson's going to say no way, and he's going to ignore him, which could put the corporate, uh, which could put the court's existence into jeopardy. Oh, no. Bye, court. All right. (laughs) But if Marshall rules for Jefferson, saying, oh, I guess you don't have to deliver those papers, I guess you can throw them out the window, then the court is also going to look bad. It's going to look like a yes man for the president. It's going to look so tiny and small, and, you know, it would never be the thing that it is today had he done that. So there's no good move for him. He's got to find a third way, a question mark. We don't know. Um, <laughs> so this is, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of old people and lots of different names that are happening. And the decision he actually makes is super complicated and wonky. So in order to tell this story, this, 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 the third way, the decision, it's, it's super hard. So that's what I'm going to take you through is, is the little bits about the decision. Uh, that's the drafts I'm going to play for you. Okay. So, surprise, this is a crazy thing. This would be the first thing we go to, the process board of Radiolab. Um, so, you know, over here we've got the pitch process, we've got the drafting process, we've got editing with Jad, we've got final touches. Don't, don't even try to understand this, it's, it's too much. Uh, so normally we'd go through all these steps, but because this story's so hard to tell and because we're a new show, we thought, let's throw that out the window. Uh, (laughs) I love PowerPoint. Um, So what we decided to do was a radio drama, which if you listen to Radio Lab or More Perfect, you know that that's that's not something we normally do. Um, But we thought, you know, this is a new thing. This is going to be fun. Let's do something courageous. Let's, you know, go from our creative hearts animate these dead dudes, you know? In one dream version, we, we, we casted a bunch of famous people like we had in our minds, like Aziz Ansari playing John Adams and Retta from Parks and Rec playing Thomas Jefferson. 
we were very excited about this thing. We, me and the team, we spent like a couple of weeks writing it up, editing it, and then we sat down in front of Jad and did a table read um, where we were pretending to be all the different famous people. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to play that for you. <laughs> but what I will play for you is Jad's reaction. Boop, 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 boop. This is it? Yeah, so that's our, our Marbury v. Madison, like, rough, rough, firsty yeah. thing we got going here. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it would be all the different people and things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I, f- I feel you. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay, I'm processing. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, huh. I, 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 would, I would take a... I, I, I think there's some good things happening here. Yeah. I would take a totally different approach. Yeah. Frankly. Okay, so... <laughs> Obviously that hurts. I mean, he's, he's saying it as sweetly as possible and as nice as possible, but my little soul was crushed because I was trying to make something really cool and different. Um... <laughs> Here I am exposing my heart, my creative heart, and I get a, you know, let's, let's go completely different. So this is creative crush, um, and this is going to happen to everybody. You're going to try something wild, and then you're going to be like, oh, God, that didn't work at all. When your editor, who you highly respect and only want to please, does not like what you're doing, it's going to feel like crap. And you might feel like your knee-jerk reactions might be like, well, fuck this. Or you're, maybe you're deeply hurt, or maybe you're very defensive, and you're like, well, this is the reason we should do it this way. And all of that is okay. Feel all of those feelings. Your feelings, your emotions are valid. Take them for a walk. Take a deep breath. Have some tea. And then come back. <laughs> and listen closely to what your editor has to say. As hard as it is for you to hear this stuff, it's as hard for them to tell you. Um, you're on the same team. They really just want to get you to this to a good place with this thing. And it's, it's hard for them to be like, oh, no, that was a miss. All right. Um, and Jad is an especially kind editor. He's super sweet. Um, other editors are a little more harsh, a little more blunt. Uh, but just, just remember the thing that you're on the same team all the time. So from listening to Jad, I realized we, uh, remember when we threw out the process board? We, we kind of need to go back to that. So this is a little segment of that crazy process board. Um, and the first thing after interviewing the experts, um, which we had done already, is to make what we call a heat map. Um, so what this is is that we've, we listen to all of the audio from our experts sort of separately, and then we come together as a group and each throw out like our favorite bits. Like, I really like this quote, quote and I really like this quote. And it'll look a little something like this. This is terrible handwriting. Uh, <laughs> but so, for example, one of our experts, Ari Savitsky, I really liked when he said, like, the Supreme Court is the highest court. It's the last court of appeals. Also, he says, hell yeah, Marbury should have gotten that commission. And then, like, down at the bottom, Linda Monk, she's, she's Southern, and she has a great cadence to her voice. And she said, it took four hours for him to read his decision. So these are my favorite bits. So everybody on the team comes together with your favorite bits. And then next, we sit down and we do a storyboard. So in the storyboard, which also looks terrible in my handwriting, um, we use the heat map to plug in all this hot tape and sort of write around it. But we're not 
like fully scripting it. We're writing it sort of shorthand. So, for example, up here, I, I would say, oh, in a nutshell, this is what happened. Ari would say, hell yeah, they should have gotten their commission. Um, and then I would say, oh, that keeps Team Adams, that keeps the, the Team Adams, the political party, happy. And then Linda would say, so he's got you going. You think he's going to rule for Marbury. But then, and then Ari would say, SCOTUS is the highest court. Well, anyway, so it goes on like that. Um, and we sort of, you know, do this out loud and take notes. Uh, and then from the storyboard, um, we next go to making a draft. Now, this is the part that goes on forever and ever, and you do it a million times over again. Um, so what we, what we do is we don't, we don't go from the storyboard and write a script. We go from the storyboard, go into Pro Tools, pull those hot bits of tape, and sort of speak the script. Um, and that way you're speaking directly to the tape. You know what it sounds like. Sometimes if you're writing, you don't know the actual cadence of each clip. Um, so we like to do that to keep it really conversational. A thing about us is that we don't think about tape in terms of tracks and acts, like a lot of traditional shows, which would be your narration versus your experts or your scene tape. We like to think of everything as scene tape. Uh, so we're all there in the same room. Um, and so writing mostly in Pro Tools helps with that instead of writing in a Google Doc where you can't hear the tape that you're writing into. Great. So we do that. Um, <laughs> And uh, I'm going to play you the first draft of after I've done that. But uh, well, something I want you to pay attention to is where you fuzz out. Um, this is something that we think is really important when listening to drafts because, you know, I'm going to be struggling with, like, a bunch of academic wonkiness and legal detail in this decision. And that's the hardest part of the story. Like, how can I get somebody to understand this thing if I've gone too wonky, you know, if there's too many academic words? Um, so even I zone out when I listen to this, <laughs> which is an important thing to pay attention to. If you, the person who made it, can't stay focused, can't keep your understanding going, nobody else is going to be able to. Okay, so this draft was like two minutes long. I'm not going to play you two minutes. I'm going to play you just a little bit of it. Okay, so here it is in a nutshell in three parts. First, he says, Hell yeah, he should have gotten that commission. There's no reason those papers shouldn't be delivered. So he's got you going. You think, okay, well, Marbury deserves to get his commission, all right? But then part two, Marshall says, We have a system where if you want a trial, you go to a lower court, and then at the end of whatever happens in that court, you can appeal, and the last court that you appeal to, the highest court in land, the final court, is the Supreme Court. The Constitution actually lays this out very clearly. But in this case, those judges sued directly at the Supreme Court. So I gotta say, I'm already fuzzing out. I'm super unclear as to what is exactly happening. Um, there's too many details. I'm trying to make it palatable by going like, first this happened and then next, but that's not working. It sounds like a book report. It sounds like, let me tell you the things. Um, and that's not what you want. You want, for at least for our show, we want the listener to have a question organically come up in their mind and then for you to answer it. Um, you want the listener on the edge of their seat, excited to learn that next bit and hear that next tape. Um, so how do we kill this fuzz? Well, we got to cut out a lot. So we got to cut, cut, cut. Um, and you just got to keep the most important and most interesting things. Um, also, in doing that, you want to let your listener know what is important and what is not. That's called signposting. 
Um, you got to make it clear as to where you're going. And this is like a really basic thing. So a lot of you probably know what signposting is, but it's really important to remember as you're going through drafts because it's one of those things that just kind of can fall off, uh, especially if you're doing something like historical or academic. Um, great. So in this next draft, you're going to hear that I cut out, well, you're not going to hear, but you're going to know that I cut out like almost a minute of time. And you should also be able to hear the signpost in there. So let's go to it. Marshall does something super complicated. Reading the decision took four hours. So, I mean, he says a lot of stuff, and it's super important, but what it all comes down to is... Marbury does not get his commission. John Marshall is running away from a fight with Thomas Jefferson. He says all sort of things, but he knows that Thomas Jefferson, you know, straight up has more power, and so he's retreating. Sure, he's retreating, but he also does this one thing that's so amazing. It's sort of a magic trick. So right there, that's the signpost. It's sort of a magic trick. Um, all right, let's keep listening. It's sort of a magic trick. It's a tactical retreat that's, that's quite brilliant. Marshall says that the judges don't get their papers because this case should have gone in front of a lower court first. The Supreme Court is the last court that you appeal to, the highest court in land, the final court. And the Constitution lays that out clearly. The Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction both as to law and fact. But Congress had passed a law that said you've got to bring this case directly to the Supreme bing, Court. Bing, 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 That's not in the Constitution. So what do we do with laws that conflict with the Constitution? Congress, you acted unconstitutionally, and we're not going to follow that unconstitutional directive. We can't follow this law. We need to strike it down. But who does that? I mean, is it the president, the Congress? John Marshall says in his opinion... We, the court, have the power to declare things unconstitutional. <laughs> Unconstitutional. <laughs> Shout out to Tobin Lowe there. Um, <laughs> great, great. So I have a signpost in there, but it's so far away from the important information, which is that last little bit that they call this thing unconstitutional. That's the actual magic trick that you're, you, you know, you get mired down in details in the in the in between part. Um, so signposting only works if it's in the right place. Um, <laughs> Make it clear where you're going. Like, you know, um, so if you're in Albuquerque, you see a sign for New York, you're going to be really confused. You're nowhere near New York. All right. So in this next draft, I try to fix this. I try to fix this. Uh, I also, in this draft, added in um, fellow radio labber Matt Kilty, pretending to be John Marshall, which is a little throwback to the radio drama idea. And I would say that's, that's super important. Um, because remember that creative crush? Remember the sadness and the anger? Um, <laughs> well, you got you to gotta banish that. Yeah. And um, <laughs> bring in some creative courage. Because... <laughs> Once you're told that something is, you know, not great, it's, it's hard to keep experimenting. Um, but you've got to keep that spirit alive. You've got to stay in love with the thing that you're making. And by putting in little personal flares, that's a great way to do that. Um, so, like I said, I add back in Matt Kelty. Uh, well, I add him for a first time, pretending to be John Marshall. Um, yeah. So, we'll, you know, just keep playing as you're constantly failing <laughs> and trying to get better. All right, so here is the fourth try. Reading the decision took four hours. So clearly he says a whole lot of stuff, but what it comes down to is... Marbury does not get his commission. No papers for you, sir. The judges lose their case. John Marshall is 
running away from a fight with Thomas Jefferson. He says all sorts of things, but he knows that Thomas Jefferson, you know, straight up has more power. And so he's retreating. But he says the judges don't get their papers, not because they don't deserve their papers, but because of this weird technicality. Marshall said that the law that the judges brought the case under, this law conflicts with the Constitution. And right here, this is sort of the magic trick, the slam dunk for magic trick. Okay, it's closer to the end. It's closer to the more important stuff. All right, all right. Keep listening. Center court, the Hail Mary that wins all future games, the goal kick from the keeper. He sort of evinces a new rule of the game. We're not going to follow that unconstitutional directive. Oh, and by the way, we, the court, have the power to declare things unconstitutional. Gives them the superpower of constitutional. It's emphatically the duty and province of the judicial department to say what the law is. Say what the law is. To say what the law is. To say what the law is. Great. So now it's sounding a little bit better. I've got my weird stuff in there. I've added in that song from Footloose. That's an amazing song. Um, (laughs) And John Marshall is our hero at this moment, so it seems appropriate. Um, (laughs) But uh, one big way that this draft was failing um, is that... We don't really have the setup of if John Marshall makes the wrong decision, the court is going to die. And if he makes another decision, the court is going to get small. But what he does is this third crazy thing that gives the court like humongous power that it has today. We don't know that in the context here. Um, and that's super important. That's called stakes, which you may have heard of. I'm sure you have, actually. Um, <laughs> so... As you're moving through these drafts, these basic rules keep being important because, uh, like, you may know inside why this is important, uh, but you've got to keep telling your your listener. Don't let them walk out on you because you haven't explained it fully. Okay, so we don't have that set up. Um, we've got to get it in there. All right. So next next try, let me put a little stick. He's on here. a ledge, one way over the cliff. Demand those papers. That's certain death for him and the court. The other way is lay down. No papers. You win, Jefferson. And by giving up, the court might just eventually shrivel up and die quietly under the strong hand of the executive. He has to find a third option. Okay, so there are the stakes, and I sort of put that at the top of the next draft. Made some other changes, too, but it's uh, mostly the same. Those stakes are still not great, because it's all me, and it's sort of a strained metaphor, and I don't know that I'm totally getting it. So um, the next thing we did is we went back and, and did another interview. We got our legal editor, uh, Ellie Mistal, to come in and sort of explain to us, you know, in a different voice why this is so important. Um, yeah, but things are getting a little better. Moving, changing, that's the main thing you got to do is just keep on moving and changing. I mean, a lot of processes don't have this many edits, <laughs> but I mean, I would say most all. Um, <laughs> but in your editing process, you just, you can't be precious. You've got to continue to fail and realize that you're failing and try again. Um, so this is at the point where my editors say, oh, okay, it's making a lot more sense, you know, sounding pretty good. Let's give Jad a try at finessing it and sound designing it and moving things around. Um, so this brings me to my next point. Let go. It's real important to let go. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. Um, this can feel like the creative crush thing all over again, um, especially when you're going through this intense amount of work. Like you're really attached to these new changes you've made, and you know you're maybe you're in a process where the editor has the final say, or maybe there's a sound designer that has to do the final bits and things, and you've got to be okay with them taking away the story and doing that. Um, I mean, it can feel like the whole creative crush thing over again. Um, 
but it's for the best of the show. This is not the Kelsey Paget podcast. This is more perfect, and it has a sound. It has a way of being. Also, the other people who are not been so close to the tape, they're going to be less precious. They're going to like jettison things that don't make sense, the things that are not important to the story. Okay, so we're going to listen to Jad's most recent draft. Um, you'll hear he's made some significant changes. Uh, like I said, we added in Ellie Mistal, another voice, to raise the stakes for us. And Jad slows everything down a whole lot. I have a tendency to go too fast. Um, <laughs> which a lot of people do when they're editing. Sometimes you equate speed with sense-making. That's not entirely true. So anyway, uh, let's listen to Jad's take. Well, what he does is the most Jedi master-ish thing ever. I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. He writes a 120-page decision, and in the beginning... If you actually read the decision, it's a lot of pages of telling Jefferson... How he's wrong. How he can't do what he did. How he's, you know, ruining America. Right? There's a lot of that in the Marshall decision. But then when he gets to the matter at hand, he does this little shift. He says, okay, hold up. Yes. Mr. Marbury is right. He should have gotten that commission. And. Yes. Mr. Jefferson is a bad man. But. We, the Supreme Court, we don't have jurisdiction to hear this case. A court needs to have the power to hear a case. And if a court doesn't have the power to hear a case, even if you are completely right, even if your position is right, you can't get relief. Wait, why is he saying the court doesn't have jurisdiction? Okay, so that turns out to be the sneaky little, uh, sneaky little magic trick. So magic trick. There it is. <laughs> All right, that's the signpost. Okay. Keep going. It's a little wonky. You don't really have to follow the fiddly bits, but here's the basic situation. So the reason this guy Marbury had been able to bring the case to the Supreme Court directly is because Congress had passed a law a few years earlier saying you could do that. You could bring it directly to the court. But John Marshall goes back to his Constitution, and he finds this obscure little sentence in the Constitution that says basically you can't go to the Supreme Court first. You got to go to a different court and then come to the Supreme Court. It's the dumbest technicality ever. But he basically tells Marshall, you came in and you came to the Supreme Court first. And you did that because Congress passed a law that said that you could come to the Supreme Court first. But the Constitution says that you can't come to the Supreme Court first. So I can't help you. Nope. And it's not your fault. But that law was unconstitutional. And we're not going to follow that unconstitutional directive. Never before had a congressional statute been struck down as unconstitutional. Oh, and by the way... We, the court, have the power to declare things unconstitutional. That was the sort of Jedi... My song is still in there. <laughs> what? Nice. Master move. That's the move. Instead of jumping off the cliff or laying down, he jukes to the right. And right here, he invents a new rule of the game. Unconstitutional. <laughs> Inside this one stupid, wonky, technical, highly political court case... John Marshall sneaks in an atomic bomb by giving the court this incredible new power. It's emphatically the duty and province of the judicial department to say what the law is. Say what the law is. To say what the law is. Great. Um, oh, thanks. Thanks, guys. All right, so like I said, this is still a draft. This is still in flux. I definitely have some feedback for him on this. Um, so <laughs> there's going to be... Probably a few more drafts on this. Um, but this is like the bulk of the process of how we shape a story. 
Um, and I hope some of those things are helpful to you. Um, you know, tons of drafts, tons of failure, um, and you're just trying to get it right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing about our process. It requires you to be okay with failing and failing and failing and failing and failing publicly in front of all of your peers and your editors, people you highly respect. Um, but you got to just keep going until you find the perfect balance of information and sound. Thank you. That was Kelsey Paget speaking at the 2016 Work It Festival. Both the festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Harnish Foundation.